Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. You see all Irish Hey, everybody. Uh, we are bringing back the Seinfeld podcast. Um, and it's been a fun journey. Um, uh, we started this um, actually with uh, John Reed and Brandon Klein, who are some of our original hosts of this Ohioan podcast, where we, where we actually talked about some of the Seinfelds during our bigger podcast. We just took a little segment and talked about Seinfeld. And then we had... Um, Oh, uh, Larry oh, Fitzmaurice on one day from Vulture, um, who wrote a list of the greatest Seinfeld episodes of history. We based a podcast off that, and then we kind of broke it off. Um, Craig joined us, and Craig started out with uh, doing the um, Seinfeld podcast. We worked with him for a while, and um, when we were doing daily podcasts, uh, there was a time where we were doing hours every day from Monday to Friday. Those were the days at those 6 a.m. every morning. Yeah, yeah, those were the days. Yeah, so what we did, I said, Craig, I don't want to bring you out. So I went back to Laura Kessel, and Laura and I did for a while. And then there came the infamous day when Sanfo <laughs> went off Hulu, and Sanfo was no more. It was, and I had the DVDs. Laura's looking for it on streaming. And we said, we're going to put this on hold until Sanfo eventually makes its way onto Netflix and that day's here. Um, you know, Seinfeld's currently on Netflix. I, I got to admit, I am not a Netflix subscriber, but I got my Seinfeld DVDs. So I brought them out. Um, Craig and Laura, you both have Netflix, do you? Yes. yes. I have far too many scream, streaming <laughs> networks. Well, well, first of all, let me officially welcome you guys to the show instead of asking you random DVD questions. Uh, <laughs> Laura Kessel and uh, Craig Schaup is here. How, how are you guys doing? Good. Doing well. How are you? Very good. Craig, I always get tempted to call you Shoop because I always think about Shoop from what was the Vogue no, video, you, right? You would not be the first person, that's for sure. So. Or, or was it, or was it TLC or Invo- TLC? Yeah, TLC. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've heard yes. that one before a few times. So. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I, I like TLC. That's why I have Shoop in my. It, it's nothing. It, it's really respectful for you. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, my, my mind's going a million different ways to say, but it's good. Uh, yeah, so we're bringing back the Seinfeld podcast. We're actually going to, against my better judgment, because I watched this first episode, and I said, <laughs> why are we doing this? We should just pick our 10 favorite and just watch those and be done with this. But we're going back to, it was called the Seinfeld Chronicles, the pilot episode. Um, so we'll talk about that. We're going to go up to an hour now. Part of that is because there's so much happening on Seinfeld. I mean, 
Lauren, Craig, we, we both had this when we were doing shows together. You know, you say, hey, let's try to get this in a half hour, but you had to go quick, and it was hard. So sometimes we had a lot longer episodes. But, you know, we're going to an hour, and it's not going to be a minute-by-minute breakdown of the show, especially this first one. I mean, it'd be painful. You'd be turning this off by now. But we're going to try to talk about the episode, talk about some highlights, and talk about Seinfeld news of the day, because Seinfeld is getting hot right now. With it debuting on Netflix, I mean, I found, I think it was six or seven stories I showed you guys, and there's probably ten more if we, we really looked around. So it was kind of crazy. So I don't know. Um, trying to figure out how to start this. this is, it's always awkward doing a first podcast or something. Um, Craig, you're a little bit younger than us. Were you a big Seinfeld person? Like, how old were you when Seinfeld went off the air? Well, I mean, I am, I'm certainly a big Seinfeld fan at the moment. Uh, growing up, I, I really didn't watch the show. Um, in 1997, the final episodes aired, uh, or I guess 98. Um, but um, I would have been 14 at that time of the, uh, the, final, the final season. So I uh, didn't really watch it at that time, didn't really get into it until college. Uh, really, and, and the, that's the beauty of syndication, you know, when you can watch it on TBS or various other syndicated networks where you can, you know, pick out the episodes over the years. And at, cer- at certain points, then you start watching everyone because then, you know, the syndication has gotten a lot better where instead of random episodes, they're playing all the episodes. And sometimes they start from the beginning and go right through to the end. So uh, that's kind of how I picked up Seinfeld. Didn't watch it when it first uh really came out, or at least not that I can recall, but definitely uh, once I got to college, I did. Yeah, I'm thinking I was 14 when this first debuted. And, Laura, it's on me because I asked Craig the question, but I'm finding myself getting very exasperated and frustrated now when Craig's like, the last episode aired when I was 14. I'm like, <laughs> geez, I'm old. Laura, you're old. Craig's like oh, yeah. young. I'm old. I'm old, too. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, again, I was 14 when Sunfall Chronicles aired, <laughs> and Craig was probably either in the womb or celebrating. I was, I was, I was five years old when the uh, the pilot. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I was five. So you know, I'm not. Didn't Laura, watch it. When did you first start watching Sunfall? I, I can't remember what you said before. We may have discussed um, this, but it came on when I when I was in. I guess it would have been my junior year of college. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm the elder states person of this, <laughs> of this group. Um, I will be honest with you. As is pretty common in my television viewing history, um, my mother was the person who found this show mm-hmm. and recommended it to me. And the first time I watched it, I, I was turned off by the, by the comedy stuff at the beginning. I am not a fan of live anything, basically. Um, I hate live music. I don't like going to concerts. I'm like the weirdest person in the world. But um, it took a while for me to get into Seinfeld. Mm. Um, I mean, she also turned me on to Monk and uh, House was another one. (laughs) So, I mean, she had pretty good taste in TV shows, I think. but I, um, I went off. I was, um, well, I, I, I was in. I was working in Pittsburgh when it went off the air. Um, my second job out of, co- out of college. Yeah. So it was. I actually, it was strange for me because 
I didn't watch Seinfeld growing up. I, I, I don't know why. I, I wasn't told not to watch it. It just never came in my radar. Uh, there was a group of people in college that would sit around and watch Seinfeld and Frasier. And not Frasier, I'm Friends. I, I didn't like Friends at the time. I wasn't really... Thought it was too hoity-toity, like you know, just too clickish and everything. I didn't get into Seinfeld, but my first year outside of um, college, I was a stringer. And Laura works there now; she runs the paper. But um, I was a oh, we call it like a sports stringer, part-time person at the Alliance Review, and I would have Seinfeld on at night because I was in the sports department. Literally, nobody was there. It was just me waiting for phone calls. I would write up in the world news stories. And, you know, I'd have, I think it was TBS on and Seinfeld was on. And, and Laura, it was funny because one night there used to be a business manager. And I'm sure he's gone. He was an older man by then. I got my butt chewed out because I had Seinfeld on. And he's like, you're not working. You're watching Seinfeld. And my point, and they never say anything after that. So the guy was kind of probably chewed out for chewing me out. Um you know, I was waiting for the phone call to go out, you know, and mm-hmm. and sorry, I mean, nobody was in the building. Laura's familiar with the building. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird being in that building alone at night, so I need some background noise, you know? Mm-hmm. So if it's not Seinfeld, it would have been the radio or something, so yeah. but it was funny because I got into the show because I watched a lot of the reruns that were on, and at the same time, it was the last season of the regular show, and one of my wife and I first dates, um, she was at college at the time, she was a senior, uh, we watched the finale uh, in, uh, they have like a college party where they have a bunch of people get together in a lobby to watch the finale. So I was out of the college. My wife was a senior at college at the time. So that's my experience with Seinfeld. So I came at it later. Like I wasn't, I don't think any of us were watching it live. No. Especially Craig, because Craig was probably watching kid shows at the time. Honestly, if, if I hadn't, if I, I wasn't go. working. If I wasn't working, I probably would have been watching it live. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because at the time, Laura and I were working nights. And yeah. If you, unless you videotaped. Jeez. <laughs> My goodness. Like, Craig's probably like, what is a videotape? And we're all like, no. We were driving to work and we're for 8-tracks. Yeah. yeah, we are 8-track players in our car. It was great. I never had 8-tracks. <laughs> I'm wearing a bell bond. I'm just pants. under that. <laughs> yes. I wore bell-bond pants in the office. It was crazy. A great time. <laughs> Lots of disco music playing. It was great. It was great. But no, but no, it was good. Um, Seinfeld Chronicles. Yeah, it was funny. I think that was the only episode they aired for a while, right? Because I, I got notes here that said, literally, this was the only episode that technically aired in the 80s. Because it aired like it was July 5th, 1989. Right. And I think they came back with the rest of the first season. Do I have that right? Yeah. It was yeah. a it was a midsummer replacement. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So which they didn't they didn't do very often back then. They do it all the time now because right. you know, stream because of streaming. Right. But it was like the literal way that television was where you ran your pilot episode and sometimes you sink or swim off of that, but then you only had the ability to make the one episode and you had to win an audience then in order to get your order for a season or multiple seasons back then. Now it's a little bit less, less like that because you can't just have one episode of the new fall season and then have nothing else. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the old school method of TV making almost. 
Yeah. I think I saw this on a CNN documentary. They were talking about late night talk shows. And I think what really got um, NBC interested in Jerry Seinfeld was he made a couple appearances, uh, very successful appearances at the time, as the same comedian on the Carson's Tonight Show. And they were kind of like, man, how do we get this guy? How do we bring him in? And that was really how the show first started. I don't know. It, it was strange. And we'll talk about this in a little bit. He's 67 now, which mm-hmm. I can, I mean, if you do the math, it shouldn't shock you. But, man, that stunned me. Does, it, does that stun you guys? I mean, I guess all of our heroes are getting older, maybe. No, because most of the people that were important in my life are in their late 60s now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, 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 just think about this, Laura. I mean, the guys I liked growing up are all dead. I mean, I'm so shocked about Norm MacDonald. I mean, he was my favorite comedian. He died. And I didn't talk about him that much. But, Laura, about the time that we worked together, I was a big David Letterman guy. And uh, yeah. there was a big death this week, um, Alan Coulter, which yeah. – uh, Craig, did you ever see Alan Coulter on Letterman? No. He was a longtime announcer. And near the, I don't know if it was near the end of Letterman or kind of toward the end, they, they involved in a lot more comedy bits. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do yourself a favor, Craig, because I, I went down this wormhole the other day, uh, was looking at Alan Coulter YouTube, and there was a, oh my goodness. Um, he, he was this big, tall, red haired dude, and he would like sing okay, pop songs. Yeah, I know the guy. I just didn't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He okay. would sing pop songs, take his yeah. shirt off, just be silly and everything. Okay. And, um, I, I love the celebrity interview. I, I think he had Seinfeld on one of the celebrity interviews where um, Letterman would interview somebody famous, and he'd do a celebrity interview where he pretty much screams at Letterman the whole time, saying he kisses butt, and he ends up cussing at Letterman. <laughs> he runs off the stage. So it, it was good stuff. But, yeah, yeah I guess I'm bringing that up more to say all of our heroes are dead now, which is very depressing. But we're getting it's, it's older. Funny, though, you know, you think of, like you mentioned, Seinfeld's age, Larry David's in his 70s. And, yeah, you know, you see so. you see Jerry Seinfeld on on these shows and he looks so younger mm-hmm. that you it's like you it's hard for you to equate what his real age is now because you see him from 1990 and he's a younger guy. And so, you know, you're talking three decades ago. And mm-hmm. at that point, you know, you don't think of it like, oh, he's 67 years old. He would have been 37 years old back then. Mm-hmm. So. I think because you watch TV or you watch old movies or whatever it may be, and you get this this idea of how old they are or what they look like, and then you see them in real life, and you're like, oh yeah, he's older now. He's, you know, a senior citizen essentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, yeah. Um, I think Jerry Seinfeld was a bit of a late bloomer too. Yeah. Like he didn't get married until he was a lot older. So I mean, he's got. I mean, they're not young. I, mean, I think a couple of them are at least in college. Right. But I mean, you figure he's got eighteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old kids. You know, keeps yeah. you slightly younger. You know, plus yeah. he has the ability to have all that surgery. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, we need to talk about the episode. I'm a little bit reluctant to because I, I've found myself very confused. Um, again, well, you know what? Before we get there, maybe we should get into a little bit of why we're doing this right now because okay. we've dipped our toe into the Seinfeld stuff. And, you know, Seinfeld's going to Netflix. And Lauren and I have talked about this. We've talked about this on the show that we do. Uh, it, it's been interesting. Some of these um, sitcoms are getting tons and tons of money to be this exclusive 
placeholder for the sitcom. So, you know, Seinfeld gets thrown a ton of money. They're now on Netflix. Um, who else? Uh, Friends, I think, got a ton of money to be on HBO Max. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple other places. Didn't Howie Met Your Mother got a ton of money, maybe? No, Did Big you? Bang Theory. Uh, okay, Big Bang Theory. HBO Max. Um, yeah, so... It's definitely been a, a war, I think, for, you know, Peacock has the King of Queens and Two and a Half Men and Everybody Loves Raymond. So it's like a, a big war territory-wise to, to try to get as many of those really well-known intellectual properties as possible. And it's shocking because Frasier is on pretty much every streaming service, which is good. I like Frasier, but it's like, what money are they seeing from it, you know, compared to Seinfeld? You know, kind of weird. Um, yeah, so... So um, Seinfeld started on Netflix on October 1st. Do you guys, or I'll start with you. It's interesting because, you know, Netflix has got this way of reviving some shows. Uh, Netflix has hundreds of millions of subscribers. Uh, It's not just here in America. I mean, it could be all over the world. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out, because I watch Seinfeld wherever it's on, so I might either super excited or not excited it's on Netflix. Do you think it's going to get a little bit of a revival? I mean, like, are we going to be talking to some more? Okay. I would think, yeah. I mean, streaming makes it easier for people to take big bites of stuff at one time, you know? Um, Steinfeld also is starting, I think it's Saturday on Comedy Central. Yes. They're going to be doing... Um, so it's not, you don't have to have the service if you have a little bit of cable, you know, and, um, but I mean, like my, I have three nieces, um, they're 22, 20 and 18 and they got into friends right before, like probably like the year before the pandemic, you know, and, you know, cause, and it was interesting to see how they took took in friends, you know, I don't know if they'll be interested in Seinfeld, you know, um, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like they're kind of a show, you know, it's more like, you know, friends is more, you know, fashion and that kind of yeah. stuff, you know, like a little bit more, like, I want to say girly, you know, yeah. even Elaine isn't really girly, you know, right. Um, but it's, you know, streaming gives, gives all these places a chance to reach a wider group of people. You know, I, I mean, myself, uh, probably within the last month or so, I, f- I found myself like I am in trouble. <laughs> I'm in TV trouble because I don't, I'm getting sick of what I've been watching. So I need to find new stuff. So I, I like, we, like I said at the beginning, I have way too many streaming services, you know, yeah, yeah. that we pay for, which is horrible. But um, I dove into Apple TV, which I've had for probably five years. And the only, I, I really didn't watch very much on it, but I'm watching like five shows on there now, including just taking the biggest bite out of Ted Lasso you could ever take. Yeah. You know, I, I, cannot, I cannot say enough about that show. Um, right. And, you know, I'm saying it from a different perspective than a lot of people. Yes, it's funny. Yes, it's clever. But to me, I, I watch it and I'm like so interested in the fact that it's like a, it's a great lesson for people who want to become a leader, you know, 
I mean, yeah. every every episode, there's something really great in there for for people who you know to learn leadership. You know, um, Chris and I worked for the same guy that Chris was talking about earlier that he wasn't sure if he was alive still. Yeah, yes, <laughs> um, I, I took a training class with him. We had a bunch of people who were just brand new managers, and um, he had showed us like this black and white you know, 1940s war movie as his example of leadership. And I'm thinking if, if Glenn was around now, Ted Lasso would be the greatest lesson he could give, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like so subtle too, you know, but you know, it's so Seinfeld is, you know, having Seinfeld there is a chance for people who, um, didn't have a chance to watch it before. I mean, we're not in the same position we were like say a year, 18 months ago where people were stuck in their house and they're sitting there. The only thing they right. look at is TV, but I mean, it's still there, you know, like over the holidays and stuff. It's a great, it's a great way to take a big bite of something that you've never seen and see if you like it, you know, give it a couple, yeah. give it a couple of episodes, people, not the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, and please disagree with him because I, I could be wrong. And again, this is all personal preference. I don't even think this is a mm-hmm. I'm right or you're wrong. My beef with Netflix. Now, I've got, and Craig and I talked about this last week, my new streaming choices. I kind of switched some stuff around a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. But for, so I get a lot of content on Peacock, I get a lot of content on Paramount Plus. But my goodness, Netflix, I was overwhelmed. I mean, Netflix seems they just, like, dumped content on you. It's yeah. good. I'm not saying it's all crap or anything. I, I guess I'm kind of wondering with Netflix is I think there are a lot of people who maybe only have Netflix, where that's their only place instead of having a couple mm-hmm. like we do. But I'm kind of wondering if is Seinfeld going to get lost in the Netflix thing. Because the advantage of Apple TV is, to be honest, Apple TV has a limited number of shows. So if you invest in Apple TV, yeah, you're going to be checking Ted Lasso. You're going to be checking the morning show. You're going to check some of the movies they came out with. Where for me, I mean, I love streaming TV, but I get overwhelmed. Even like on Hulu, saying, man, there's a lot of content. I'm never going to get to half of it. Where at least with Apple, yeah, maybe Seinfeld should win on Apple TV. Because if you have Apple TV, that's probably one of your six choices. You're going to do it. I I don't know. I mean, for either one of you. You know, I, I will be the first to admit that, you know, you, there's there's something to be said for the fact that the stuff that I added is not on Netflix. Yeah. Netflix is, to me, is very hard to use. Oh, yeah. I, I've never, I, for some, for, a, for an organization that's been as, around as long as they have been and that has so much content, it's just, it's impossible to find stuff. You know, I mean, there's probably 50 things on there right now that I would kill to watch, but I have no idea that they're there. And, you know, especially now before when I was like when I was living in when I was living in the Canton area a little while ago that I used to have a remote that on the back of the remote, you know, it had the keyboard on it. It was a cable remote and it was so easy to like search for stuff with that. But now I have, you know, our remote is the Apple TV remote. And it's, you know, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. is just ridiculous. You know, I, I should probably try to figure out if you can use like Surrey or something on it. But I, you know, it's just, 
I wish that's something I wish that they would do is make stuff easier to find on there. Well, I think you could set favorites maybe on Netflix too. Yeah. But but I yeah, but I mean the searching is the yeah. problem. I think yeah, finding new stuff is the problem. Well, yeah, I kind of wonder too. Okay, I'm sure Seinfeld is really high up on their recommended. I'm sure that you'll turn on Netflix and be like, watch Seinfeld, watch Seinfeld. But how long is that going to be there for? I'm sure by January yeah. there'll be a bunch of new crap on Netflix if you have that. So yeah. I, I don't know, Craig. Do you think internationally? I, I mean, I'm not saying Seinfeld's going to be the next Ted Lasso, but I mean. I, I mean, you know, we always talk about if there's ever going to be a Seinfeld reunion. I mean, you think this thing's going to be big enough where maybe we have reunions or anything? Or is it just more of, hey, Netflix just wants content and they, they got more content? Well, Netflix just wants content. Um, you know, George Thomas and I have talked about this and we've talked with him about it, um, where he feels like, you know, the likes of Disney Plus and others are, are catching up to Netflix because the the thing with netflix is they've got all the money that they want to, to spend on all the original programming they want but what they're really lacking is staying power so everybody's probably talking about the new show squid game on there but what do they have that's going to keep people there for a while there's a reason why warner media quickly purchased friends and big bang theory for all those hundreds of million dollars south park they purchased those those libraries because they knew that if they paired those with the existing HBO library, they'd have something that could appeal to all audiences. Yeah. Right now, Netflix appeals to the audience of, we don't like the TV to not be on while we're doing X, Y, or Z. Yeah. So it put yeah. Netflix on, they, they literally have a play something button, which will play something at random. Now, I will say that there are some fine shows on Netflix, but like Laura said, things get lost in the shuffle because it's quantity over quality. Yep. And he just froze, but yeah, yeah, I agree with him. You know, it's, I'm waiting for um, Ozark, you know, to come back. I mean, when I was looking at Seinfeld um, before today, I had to do a little searching and it just came out. I mean, today's only the sixth of October. Oh, and you had to search for it. Yeah, wow. a little bit. I mean, I only wow. had to go, you know, I had to go, you know, on the same screen, but it was like, where is it? You know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't really be that hard, you know? And I mean, I don't think you're going to build a huge audience with, you know, people having to hunt. I mean, keep, keep an audience like Craig said. Um, I don't know if they're going to keep that audience, you know, I mean, there's too many options out there for people, you know, all these, all these big things, you know, like, um, I still have Disney plus from when Hamilton came out, you know, I yeah. wanted to watch Hamilton yeah. on, on TV. And so I still have it, you know, and it was part of Hulu and I use Hulu all the time now too. Well, I'm thinking, yeah, some has got the potential to get lost, but I, I kind of think of it where, probably to the main characters, they're getting paid. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. I don't know how much percentage of it they get, but I'm assuming they get a decent percentage of it. And just think, you know, if you're, if, I mean, I mean I'm thinking of all the money they gave. I mean, maybe Jerry got 50 million of it, maybe. I mean, he hadn't gotten paid. Maybe. I mean, he usually was yeah. a star. So, I mean, you can't turn down that money. I mean, you could, 
sit there and say, oh, what if it gets lost? But, you know, people know Seinfeld. They can buy the DVDs. They can, you know, I mean, a lot of people have on Netflix, so it should be good. Well, I want to get to these last, um, well, kind of storylines and everything. But let's talk about the episode. And honestly, I mean, we're going through these for about an hour each week. There's not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, the opening episode pretty much started out. Um, yeah, Jerry was, <laughs> his love interest was Laura. How about that, Laura? Yes, I know. I was excited. Yes. Um, so let me just go over the episode because, again, I wasn't too enthralled. It, it really hold my interest. Um, you know, so they're in the ca- cafe, which is funny. Because this isn't the same cafe. This is a different cafe. Yep. Um, you guys said there's no Elaine yet in the series. Yeah. Uh, there's a waitress, Claire, which I think she did all right. There's a little bit of back and forth. Uh, they were mm. talking about what to order and everything, and they had some interesting things with Claire. I don't know. I mean, the whole premise of... I mean... It's repeating layer episodes where they don't understand what this means. Is a girl interested or not? I, I get that. I thought the it, it was very drawn out the way they played the premise. Um, it, it just it didn't keep my attention that much. I guess. Yeah i i. Uh... <laughs> I, to me, the funniest part of it is in watching it now is the fact that we know, you know, from watching the final episode that this is what happens at the end, you know, right? <laughs> conversation, you know, so it, you know, it's kind of, he's right about the button. I mean, I'll give him that. He's right about that button. Right. And I, I will tell you that after I had seen that episode, I never thought of buttons on shirts the same way. Right. <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> So, but I mean, it, it, it was very slow and, you know, there wasn't the snap, you know, that you have later on in the series and, you know, he, um, it just, and George is so, he's a little different, you know, he's very forceful and, you know, loud and comes yeah. out, you know, he comes at him all the time, you know? It was it was interesting that they're you know a lot different you know J- Jerry in later episodes is much more confident you know too so and you know Kramer wasn't Kramer Kramer was Kessler in the first episode which is yeah very strange I I think they wanted Kramer they weren't sure if they could legally get the name so that was the explanation why he was Kessler in the first episode but I don't know. It, I don't know. I mean, maybe I find myself too much like Jerry because I found that when I was dating girls and when I, I mean, even recently I had a potential life opportunity came up and I was very much in the, well, what does this mean? They did this. What does this mean? And everything. And, you know, I think this could be good or who knows, you know, so maybe it kind of rubbed me a little bit too close because I found myself acting like Jerry, kind of ridiculous at different points too. Uh, Craig, Craig, you didn't say you liked the episode either. What did, didn't you like about it? Well, I, I agree. It's it's a little slowly slowly paced, and it just kind of plods along. I think a lot of it might have to do, and and you could definitely see the structures change. 
Whereas in this first episode, it's all about Jerry, essentially. We don't get those side stories that we would become accustomed to know and love in the Seinfeld universe, where we have Elaine has a story, Kramer has a story, George has a story. And I think instead, you know, you get some of the stand-up routines spliced out, you know, throughout the show. And, you know, it just doesn't work. And, and uh, you know... I will say, though, having watched the the pilot again, it, a lot of this kind of sprouts up this this idea for me that, it, you know, this episode is sort of a microcosm of all the characters is that they're in their 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 believed or their perceived inadequacies of life. You know, Jerry doesn't know this woman, you know, if it's, it's a sign that she likes him. Oh, now she wants to stay at a hotel. And George is like, there's 11 million hotels in New York City. How can she not find one? And, you know, there's this I think there's always been this idea that maybe Jerry was afraid of the commitment just because he didn't maybe believe in himself as much as he maybe projected. Maybe it was that facade of of his, you know, belief of how good he was as a person or whatever it may be. And I think this is sort of that a good foundational starting point for for how this series is, is how we're all a little no matter how confident we try to project ourselves that deep down inside we still feel a little inadequate in some areas and and maybe this is one of those and like you said normally he's confident like oh this woman loves me because i'm jerry seinfeld but in that first episode the 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 woman didn't love him and maybe she was using him to some degree to get a free you know a free night in new york and and not realize or maybe she just didn't realize she was putting out signs that maybe he thought were out there versus actually she just Mm -hmm. wasn't she was just being nice or whatever so it's right. kind of an interesting yeah. episode having watched it and kind of think, you know, thinking about all the other episodes to follow. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, Laura's right. You know, George is a completely different character. You know, you, 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 you we don't have Elaine. Kramer is definitely not Kramer, uh, not just name only, but just in character mannerisms, things like that. I mean, he does have the, the sandwich eating incident at <laughs> one o'clock in the morning in Jerry's apartment. But, you know, it's it's a different look and you can kind of tell this is like, they were trying to find their footing on what they wanted to be. They, you know, they wanted to be the show about nothing. And this was a good starting point for that, but obviously they perfected it, you know, well, oh, yeah. that, you know, certainly. Well, and I thought Lauren and I had been watching through, um, Frasier and, you know, check out our Frasier podcast if you haven't already. Um, and it's funny, we've said this probably a billion times in the first 15 episodes of Frasier that, you know, they're setting up these complex relationships. I mean, yeah. You know, Niles and uh, Frazier, Niles and Daphne and everything. I, I felt they didn't really have to do it that much. Maybe they were trying to do it with the premiere of Seinfeld. But you didn't have to set up those relationships as much, you know? Yeah, Jerry and um, George were friends from college. And, you know, Jerry used to date Elaine. And, you know, Kramer's Kramer. You don't really have to set up his relationship. I mean, you laugh because as the series goes on, we learn more about Kramer, and it's fun to do that, but you know, maybe since Seinfeld's a little sillier, you just didn't have to set up a relationship. You just kind of present them, and there they are, so very good. Well, we're going to have, as we progress, we'll have more complex discussions about some of these episodes, but I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to share about this episode? I mean, that was uh, there wasn't a lot. I mean, I, I found myself kind of getting distracted a little bit during the episode. I, it just wasn't the best. And I, I guess the big question I had was why did NBC pick this up? Because 
at the end of the day, yeah, yeah. thankfully they did because it was a great show. But if you did just based on the first episode, you're like, oh, this sucks. Well, what are we going to do? But I, I think the answer to that question, it was probably just Seinfeld was hot. He was this hot young comic. Uh, yeah. They wanted to keep him. So unless he just bombed big time, you know, hey, we're keeping him no matter what. You know, he was the golden apple in NBC's eye at the time, you know? Back in those days, um, often, like, shows like this, like the sitcoms, got better in the second episode. Yeah. You know, because they spent too much time, you know, figuring out who was who, was who, who was, right. how did they relate, Right. where did they come from, where are they, what is that? You know, so um, I it I wonder, you know, looking back, I don't remember any of these details, but you wonder like what happened between July fifth and May thirty first when the second episode aired. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was a long time. You know, I mean, they retooled the show. You know, I have to say, I liked Jerry's apartment better in the in the pilot episode. I thought really? the windows were cool looking. Mm -hmm. Did they kind of also, seem like? Where was his access point to his bedroom, though? Because yeah, if you look at the bathroom, yeah, it almost me. looks like it's like two dimensional up against the hallway. Like it doesn't seem like yeah. there's enough space where he could walk through to go to the bedroom where his mm -hmm. bedroom's at next to the bathroom. So yeah. I, that was I, I do agree with you on the windows, although we're kind of yeah. almost friends like. Although obviously this is pre friends, but yeah, the, sort of the friendscape windows, like, if you will. This was like this. It was like screaming though that the. Outside of the building was clearly not this building. Yes, yes. <laughs> we showed the outside. I'm like, what is going on there? Yeah. Um, but the other thing that made me laugh was um, when Jerry and George went to pick her up at the airport, and they're sitting by the gate. You know, this is totally pre 9/11. You know, classic night right. pre 9/11. You know, you can't people like kids like my nieces and stuff have never been in it, have lived in a time when you could do that, you know? Yeah. A couple of interesting notes. I'm, I'm looking under SeinfeldFandom.com. Uh, they were saying that Elaine got actually introduced as a result of constructive criticism based on this episode. So they say, Hey, you need a girl in there. So okay. Elaine came in on um, some talk about the apartment. This was actually the studio where uh, Dick Van Dyke was filmed. Which is kind of interesting. Um, let's see. I'm trying to look for it to see if there's anything else that was interesting. Oh, Kramer was shown owning a dog in this episode. Yeah, you, you yeah, never saw a dog true. again. Yeah, yeah, it was true. <laughs> it's funny though, because you know you could see some. I think the elements were there. You know, mm. some of the one-on-one -on -one conversations that we, we would come to know and love between Jerry and George. You know, whether it's at the beginning at the diner or at the airport, you know, I think you could sort of see the elements in place of that show being better than way better than the, the pilot, obviously. Um, so the elements were there. But I think like a lot of like a lot of these shows, though, especially sitcoms, I don't know why it is the way it is, but these programs tend to have way better supporting characters whether it's not even just the actors, but just the characters are better, more you know, memorable in in so many. I mean, if you think of Big Bang Theory, one of the first things you're going to think of Sheldon, mm -hmm. not necessarily Penny and Leonard's relationship. I mean, to a degree you will, but, you know, 
Sheldon, that character, dominated that series. Um, it just seems like it's a it's a focus, and I think had the series stayed the way it was here in that first episode, I don't know that Jerry Seinfeld's character, as sort of sometimes one-dimensional as he was, I don't know that he would have really been able to spread across 170 or 169 episodes or whatever. I just yeah. don't think that he had that kind of staying power. So when you get these memorable characters inserted, Elaine and Kramer, more drawn out, wild, and then George just sort of like the microcosm of every of every single bald man probably living in the world. I think those characters helped save the day. It really it really did. And you know, nothing against Jerry Seinfeld, but you know, I, I think he's a he's a good name recognition guy, but he needed those supporting characters to carry that series through and they really did. And you could tell watching this pilot episode that they needed more and they needed to broadly draw Kramer, they needed George to be a little bit different, um, yeah. you know, because they wanted. I think I think it came from a position of strength too. Like they didn't want. I don't think they wanted Jerry to be the insecure guy like George always came across as. So I think that's why they kind of flip flopped their roles a little bit after this pilot, and they had plenty of time to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if this series comes out like this in this day and age, it would have never made the pilot past the pilot stage. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we have 15 minutes left. I want to try and get a little mini newscast, I guess, with some of the sinful news of the day. Uh, Laura and I have been desperately trying to find news of the Frasier reboot. when we do Frasier, and we haven't heard anything. But there's actually news this week about Seinfeld. Um, let me go over some of the stuff I've got. Um, what were your thoughts? I, I'm not sure if I can play this because of copyright issues, but we'll put a link in the description of the podcast if you haven't seen it. But, you know, Netflix had some commercials to say, hey, we got uh, Seinfeld now. Uh, they have one with Brian Cranston kind of uh, narrating. Um, Jerry is in a Lego suit. I think they were just trying to say, hey, Netflix owns you now so they can do whatever they want with you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought it was okay. I mean, I, I don't know how else you promote the show. I thought that one was fine. I mean, I wasn't super excited about it, but I wasn't upset either what do you guys think i love ted Wat uh tim watley so yeah oh I'm yeah all right. i'm all over tim watley okay. I, was, I was nervous i'm like isn't he gonna say anything and yeah. when he did, it was great yeah, yeah there was a little uh, joking around at the end about well i was on five episodes no six or something yeah. uh i thought that was good well i'll put it this way if that's all that happened i would have been okay well, well craig did you like it the Netflix oh, I mean, you know, you spend five hundred million dollars on a on a you know broad on on streaming rights. You know, you better promote it, whether right. whether you do a good job of it or not. I mean, that's up to the the people who are, you know, I have. I mean, up uh, until you had you know sent the, the link to it, I had not seen the Seinfeld on Netflix promotion. I've seen a lot of the Comedy Central promotion, which I actually think has been stellar in their you know in their portrayal of. Hey, watch Seinfeld on Comedy Central. So maybe Netflix could learn a little bit from that as Comedy Ooh, Central okay. brought in, um, you know, uh, Patrick Warburton as Putty, you know, oh, talking about okay. they would play clips from the episodes and they would have those characters, whether it's, you know, Putty or Jay Peterman or, you know, any of those other, you know, some of the other supporting casts that would be like, oh, my favorite episode of Seinfeld is, you know, this or I hated that Putty character. So I think Comedy Central really knows what they're doing as far as saying, hey, 
if you've never watched Seinfeld before, or maybe you are looking for the nostalgia of it on Comedy Central, you can see Patrick Warburton, you know, Warburton talking about Putty or talking about yeah. watching his favorite Seinfeld. So Comedy Central hit a home run with their promotion of it. Netflix, maybe not so much. I haven't seen it yet, but you sold me on Patrick Warburton. When yeah. you said that, I'm like, all right, I, I need to Google yeah. that and check that out. So, yeah. Um, well, showed up in the one of the ones you sent us, I think. Patrick Warburton. Okay. Maybe. I, I may not have checked everything I sent you. I was thinking it, it was another busy week. It's been kind of crazy the past couple weeks. So I may have missed that. I don't know. I was desperately searching through Seinfeld. And I got. I don't think I thoroughly read everything I sent you guys. But um, well, I guess here's my thing. I liked the promo. Here's where it lost me. So, you know, Seinfeld's on talk shows. I'm a huge fan of Jerry Seinfeld right now. He's okay. I don't hate him, but I'm a huge fan of his. So he goes on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And, you know, Jimmy Fallon's nice. He's cute. He's not offensive. I, I just think Seinfeld just plays pancake of celebrities. It's more like ha ha, and they laugh and they joke. They play a game and they go home. Well, so Jimmy wants to be in a Lego suit. So they run this bit where he's like, oh, let me be in the Lego suit. So Jerry's like, all right, you can be in the Lego suit. And they're now doing the interview in Lego suits and everything. So I, I guess I wasn't upset about the Brian Cranston but it lost me after I had watched the Lego suit interview where they sat by each other in Lego suits. I, I just, I don't know. Did you guys like that? I didn't, but maybe you guys liked it. Nah, not really. The, to be honest with you, the only thing that I liked was when the cup broke and he stepped on it and he made the joke about stepping on Legos. <laughs> okay, yeah. I thought that was funny, but that was the only thing that made me laugh, really. I don't know. I mean, like, I I watched that, and then after the untimely death of Alan Coulter, I'm watching Alan Coulter's segments, and I'm sitting here like, oh, man, I miss Alan Coulter, you know? Um, and I, I would miss Alan Coulter anyway, but I wish there was something in Jimmy Fallon that would remind you of what was going on with Alan Coulter. But, again, we all have different preferences. I, I'm just not a huge Jimmy Fallon guy. Give me Kim or Conan over Fallon, in my opinion. I don't know. Uh, I, I I just I don't like how Fallon tries to insert himself into everything. You, you know, yeah. ask Jerry about Legos, ask him if it was weird, ask him if if that was his favorite way of promoting the show. But don't be like, oh, I want to be a Lego. You know, and I know that's Jimmy Fallon, that's his stick and everything. But I'm like, come up with something better. I don't know. I'm not a Jimmy Fallon fan. I I don't want to come down too hard. Um, Warren's talked about this before. I I don't know. I mean, again, it's good to be able to watch Seinfeld on you know cable, um, or I, I still think there's some places where you could probably watch on local TV, right? That I don't know. I know that TBS will no longer have it. So if you're looking okay. for it on TBS, you will not see it there. They they lost the streaming rights uh, with the the switch over to Comedy Central. I don't know that you might, you may or may not see it on like, you know, Fox or CW or whatever, like a local channel, but I'm not really sure. 
Yeah, I know they used to air like some of these shows on six o'clock or seven o'clock or late night. Maybe they don't anymore. I don't watch local TV for you know old sitcoms anymore. But I don't know. I mean, does it affect you guys either way? Where Seinfeld's on? I know it's a cost consideration. I know why they move places, but I know. I guess as long as it's on TV, that's what we care about, right? I'm glad it's going to be on Comedy Central because, like, when there's <laughs> when there's nothing else on, right? At night, yeah. I can I'll be able to turn on um, a, two different channels now. Like, there's a channel I think it's Me TV. I don't even know if you guys have that. Yeah. But um, at night, for a while there, I was watching Roseanne every night. Okay. You know, just I mean, I like Roseanne, okay. <laughs> not her personally, but the show I think is very funny, and. Um, I like what, I mean, it gives me something to watch, you know, right. when there's nothing else on. And I didn't feel like grabbing the big remote to get, <laughs> to go on to streaming. Yeah. But um, it'll, I mean, it's nice to have another option, um, you know, to change the channel to rather it than reading. Like yeah, it seemed like it was getting squeezed out at TBS. I mean, yeah, once, definitely. once TBS started syndicating the Big Bang Theory, it really seemed like any interest they had in Seinfeld was pushed to the back burner i mean there were times where i mean it was for a while there it was right in that prime time kind of slot and then all of a sudden it's like either late at night or early early in the morning or you know then it eventually moved to like mid-afternoon so i don't know what the, the schedule will be after comedy central does this big you know marathon or whatever but my hope is is that even though they you know comedy central does have the office and they play a lot of south park and some other animated, you know, shows. My hope is is that Comedy Central gives them a quality time slot that's consistent because I think TBS, after a while, you know, when they when they were able to get, you know, now they don't have it anymore with like Family Guy and American Dad and stuff like that. But once they got Big Bang Theory, it seemed like Seinfeld was just pushed aside and and they didn't really want to put it out there where everybody had a chance to really watch it. It was either late at night, early in the morning, or mid-afternoon. For me, it's on TV somewhere, you know? Yeah. On TNT or Lifetime or whatever. As long as you got it on somewhere, that's important thing. Yeah. I, I don't know, more. there was a time where my guys were questioning my game, some of the old sitcoms used to watch when we didn't have the streaming options were on. Um, there were a lot more on Lifetime. I was watching the new Adventures of Old Christine. Uh, I love that was from Lifetime. Yeah. I love that. So, and I was once at Guy's activity. I was like, yeah, I like watching new Adventures of Old Christine on Lifetime. And, you know, I was looked at like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, it's a great show. Um, but, hey, as long as it's on cable TV somewhere. Hey, wherever it's on, it's okay. I've always had trouble with TBS and the way that they operate their schedule. Yeah, you know, they grab you know certain shows and then they just drive it down your throat, you know. Right. To the and hide everything else, you know. They did it with what's the show with uh, Jim? Bel- Is it Jim Belushi? I don't even know. Uh, according it, to Jim, maybe. Right. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, and now they're doing it with the George Lopez show, you know, and it's. it's just, what do they just run like six of them in a row yeah, or something? Just okay. Like for a while. There were um, on Saturday morning, they would put on, they had like a couple of hours of uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. And then that went away. 
and then it became Seinfeld for a few hours, and now it's George Lopez, like endlessly, you know. Yes, I I saw. I haven't seen too much George Lopez recently. He had an uncomfortable appearance on America's Got Talent. There was a, a comedian who made the finals. She was um, Latino. I'm not sure exactly where her country of origin was. And they kind of felt that they had to bring George Lopez out of the finale. And George Lopez wasn't that good. He didn't look that comfortable. It was kind of awkward. It wasn't. <laughs> it's like, you guys could say no. I know George Lopez is not as much as he used to be, but. Mm -hmm. You know, come on, George. Yeah, say no to one of these things because I like George Lopez. I think he's good at what he does, but you don't always have to say yes to everything it's asked. And yeah. I think you should learn that lesson. All right. Um, I don't. I guess I don't have huge TVs. So I don't worry about this as much. But I saw a couple stories that were interesting, uh, based on the, the the ratio of how they filmed the show. On some newer TVs, and when it goes to HDTV, that dropped out, which I'm surprised because wouldn't we have known this earlier? I don't know why this has become a thing now with Netflix when it wasn't if you're watching TBS HD or whatever. I, I was, I, I mean, I, I understand why this is a problem. I, I don't understand why this is a story in 2021 over against 2012 when we first started seeing HDTV. Am I missing something here? I think that it was 16 by 9 on Hulu, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It would have been a problem there. Um, okay. But I never noticed it, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't on when it was on broadcast, regular broadcast TV or even cable. You know, I mean, it cuts stuff off. You right. Know, it does. Um, I mean, it's kind of like... It's kind of like our business, you know, that our own business, you know, you right. gotta, you gotta do what the most people or the people that you really want to reach have, you know, and, you know, most people, I mean, I'm, I'm saying most, it might not be accurate, but, you know, I'm looking at a 50, 54 inch TV sitting next to me, you know? So, I mean, I, I don't like it if it changes the experience of watching the show. You know, right. if it's cutting actively cutting off stuff on the show, then it's probably not a good idea. But well, well in your example, um, you know, the three of us are all newspaper people, mm -hmm. and it's weird because we still work for newspapers, but obviously, newspapers have changed so much. I mean, my career's gone probably twenty five years now, and it's night and day what it used to be, and <clears throat> and you know, TV's the same thing too, and and not to say. I mean, you can't change everything. I mean, you know, they probably did the best they could. But I can understand the point. It is frustrating if, you know, you can't see what was the comedy part of a certain scene. So, um, But, I mean, I wonder how many times it's going to come into play. Yeah. I mean, it looks like the, the biggest example was the is the pothole. Um, right. And yeah. that's, that's a season eight episode. I watched the first episode on, you know, and Netflix is, you know, has it remastered in 4K. Now, obviously, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, future seasons look like as it maybe has better, like a better, a better transfer overall. Um, but you know, it it's it's going to to crop out a little bit, and and maybe that's going to be a problem for some people. And I don't know if it's going to, you know, rear its ugly head as much as maybe just this one instance here. 
um, you know, you're, you're always, you're always going to have some sort of a crop, whether it's, you know, a four by three crop or a 16 by nine. So you're always going to miss out on something that maybe you would have seen before in another format. But I watched it on Netflix. You know, we have a 4K TV. It's 75 inches, so it's pretty immaculate. And it looked it looked as good as it could have looked for something that was shot in 1989, I would say. And we had a full screen presentation. So I don't know that if this was an issue for people that maybe had non-4K or if the if their TVs are smaller, bigger, whatever, or, or not HD or, or whatever, I'm not really sure if it's going to be a factor for everybody. But so far through the first episode, it didn't look bad at all. I mean, it looked like a show from the 1980s, but it also looked like a pretty good looking show from the 1980s, given how old that is. Is Netflix, I mean, do you get lots of options? Like, can you watch the lead scenes? Can you? No. Oh, just episodes straight? Yeah. Yeah. You know, episodes. And I know earlier you were talking about reunions and stuff like that. I mean, they've already kind of done that. If you've ever watched Curb Your Enthusiasm, they already kind of did a Seinfeld reunion, if you will. And you could probably make the argument that Curb Your Enthusiasm is just a sort of an extension of Seinfeld at this point. And I don't know that there ever wouldn't be a reunion special or maybe one. I don't know. It would probably be one of those, you know, who has the rights to it. And I, I want to, I'm not sure who owns the rights. Obviously, you know, we know Netflix owns the streaming rights for Seinfeld itself, but you know, I'm not sure that they wouldn't have to bid outbid someone or pay someone the rights to have a reunion special. And it would make a lot of sense if there ever was one, because obviously Netflix is paying $500 million to stream Seinfeld for 10 years or whatever it is. Right. So it would make sense for Netflix if they, if there ever was a desire for a reunion special, it would make sense for Netflix to pony up if right. they have to pay, you know, Universal or Warner, whoever owns the rights to the streaming, you know, to do that. But I don't know that you'll ever see one of those. Cause I don't know that, I don't know that the, the show is going to be as like outwardly popular as like friends is where we, there's a desire for that. Cause like you said, or like I think, you know, Laura said with, you know, younger audiences probably aren't going to be like beating down the door to watch Seinfeld reruns on Netflix. It might be people that are 30, 40, 50, you know, maybe that audience that has the disposable income that Netflix wants to have, you know, pay. And, you know, that's probably going to be the key. I mean, right now I, I looked at Netflix while we were talking and I think it's number 10 on, in the U.S. on Netflix right now. So is it like generating a lot of buzz? Maybe a little bit, but next week you know, Netflix is going to have 50 new things out. and It'll probably just, unless you've saved it to your my list, it's probably going to be one of those things where people forget about it immediately because it's just going to get pushed to the back burner. It would have to take off tremendously, like just crazy big. And, and I'll be honest, the two issues I have with another Seinfeld reunion because you're right, there was a Seinfeld reunion or a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Um, you remember they had a Super Bowl commercial where they had Jerry and George at a cafe, and this was a couple years ago, but you, you, they, it felt a little dated. Like it was kind of like, uh, I don't know if I can watch a season of this. And then I don't know. I mean, the other thing, and you know, we've all talked about this before HBO Max, the Friends reunion they had was awkward. 
I mean, I wanted a new. I didn't want the actors just sitting around talking. I wanted like a new thing, right. you know. And I don't necessarily want to see all the guys just sit around talking, you know. Yeah, um, and that's tough. exactly what HBO Max has done with like Sex in the City. <clears throat> You know, oh, they're rebooting yeah. it rather than having a reunion special. I think, you know, reunion specials, I, I did not see the Friends one. I didn't see the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air one. I, don't, I just don't have any desire to, like, that's that's the kind of stuff that you would want to see in, like, a 25th anniversary DVD release is a yeah. behind-the-scenes, the cast got together for a dinner. We're going to, you know, shoot the breeze and, and talk for an hour. These, these, these specials are just money grabs, and I don't really think it's really worth it, but... You know, that's just my that's just my thought. I I agree with you ninety nine percent. I think the only thing that might be interesting, but it's already been done. Uh, you know, Michael Richards, you know, a horrible choice. You know, and he kind of got himself out of acting after he, you know, used the M word and, and during a comedy um, showcase. Um, there was a comedians in cars with uh, with coffee with Seinfeld. We actually had Michael Richards on. This was a couple of years ago. Um, if you haven't seen the episode, watch the episode. I, I thought it was fantastic. And I'm definitely not a fan of what Michael Richards said. But, you know, Jerry was trying to make the point to him, say, hey, it's been 10 years. You know, people make mistakes, you can come back. And Richard just really didn't want to come back. And he was funny, legitimately funny during that little episode. So it was pretty good. Um, hey, I'll, I also have B-movie, but I really want to keep you to the hour so. Hey, we need something to talk about next week. So let's talk about Jerry's awkward B movie apology next week. So, any other thoughts about Seinfeld or any other rants about late night TV talk show hosts like I, I tried to? Enjoy um, Elaine next week. Yes. It <laughs> should be good. Glad, glad the show got picked up, but this episode was not its best. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Hey, uh, let me give a promo. What we are trying to do, we may even actually release this as a separate podcast. Uh, we're the Ohioan. Uh, Craig and I do a bunch of stuff. We talked about some Ohio things and a lot of pop culture, too. Um, so check it out. Um, we're going to try to have this uh, subscribe either to the Seinfeld part or, or to the Highland. We try to give you new um, stuff each day. Uh, check out our sponsors, Chase Bank. Uh, check out... Uh, Ashley Home Store. You click on the links, uh, you'll get discounts. You'll get paid. Uh, we're also signed up with Cash App. Uh, we will tell you more about that next week. Uh, so check us out. Share us with your friends. Um, give us feedback. Tell us what you think about what we're talking about. And ask us questions about the episode. We'll try to answer them uh, during the episode. So for well, before we go, Laura, Craig, anything you want to add before we close up shop for the night? No. No, I'm good. All right. Well, for Laura and Craig, I almost said this is Craig, but no, I'm Chris. For Laura and Craig, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out our Soundful Podcast. We'll be back next week. Have a good one. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.